What's good, what's good, what's good? Um, man, yeah, welcome to another episode of Black Men Do Talk. We have overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. Today I have a special guest here, man. Talk to us. What's your name? And tell us a little about yourself. What's up, bro? My name is Cameron Horner. Uh, yeah, I met Street at a conference we were both speaking at, or he was uh, spoken wording at. How do you say that? Doing spoken, spoken word. Spoken word. Doing spoken Turned word. Turned it into a verb. Doing spoken word at uh, at in Boise. So uh, thank you, sir. Um, but yeah, I uh, had a injury 12 years ago, ended up paralyzed, and God just used what seemed like a tragedy for incredible things. So entered into ministry, and so I used my story to, yeah, I actually kind of have like a, my, my phrase is uh, strengthen the faith of fellow believers and stir passion in fellow believers for, for Jesus through, through what I've been through. So that's my goal, and um, yeah. Indeed. I'm here. So travel and share my story a little bit, but do a lot of local, local ministry stuff too, and just pumped to be on here. And you so, came out to you came out to Texas specifically for a conference too, right? What was the conference in yeah. Kelly? So try to get the title right. It was because it kept switching on me. It was Institute on Disability and Theology. So it's around disability, but specifically like how do we how do we view theologically what we go through as people with atypical or broken bodies? Um, it was actually a, a multi-faith thing, so it wasn't just Christian, but it was primarily Christian. For sure. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. So, like, when you, and even even in that topic itself, because um, we, you, you mentioned almost like a community of people mm-hmm. that gather around for the sake of understanding while also empathizing with each other of where you fit. So, was that conference geared towards this is an in-house discussion that we'll be able to have out? Or do you find yourself trying to share the perspective of what you're going through to those who are more typical? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I mean, both for sure. That conference specifically um, would be, uh, it was probably primarily people with disabilities and a lot of disabilities aren't, aren't visible. You know, mm. so somebody might have a cognitive or developmental intellectual or developmental disability. And um, those can sometimes be the hardest on people because it's like, no, I actually do deal with something. Yeah. But people treat me as if I don't. Um, so but yeah, for the most part, people were disabled, but there were a number of presenters who weren't. Um, it's funny, I got there and I, uh, I, I wasn't fully sure of everything about the conference. I, di- I didn't know everything about it. And like everybody had a Ph.D. and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't have a PhD here, so all the everybody was uh like reading scholarly articles, but I uh, was like, I'll drink enough coffee, I'll take my B vitamins, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll hang with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was great. So you know, you, you would have um, uh, blind presenters, uh, uh, deaf presenters, uh, people with cerebral palsy presenting, and then you'd have able-bodied people who were presenting, and and they acknowledged like, hey, I'm not part of this community, um, but I have a passion for. The way that God views this community, I have a passion for um, 
you know, justice in this area. So, yeah, totally. So, man, I think that there is a difference when you talk about, because Paul was a minister directly to the Gentiles, right? Sure, yeah. like, like that's who his niche was. Now, mind you, as we see Paul doing ministry and, and going about evangelism, he ministered to who was in front of him, but exactly. he he directly was a, like attempting to seek out the lost sheep, Gentiles, mm-hmm. et cetera, whatever you want to call it. But do you think that the heart of being geared towards not so much passion, but just having a heart for those who are disabled should be way more common than it already is? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's kind of what people like we're at this conference are are trying are trying to, to get at. Um the problem is though, a lot of times so so there's different models of viewing disability. So there's like the medical model, which is like your body's broken and that's why you're disabled. Then there's the social model, which is systems and structures are broken that are causing you to be disabled when you go out into the world. So mm-hmm. like a curb that doesn't have a cutout. Well, I can get in that building as if I'm an able-bodied person, except there's not a curb cut out, so I'm I'm disabled now in some mm-hmm. ways because I can't because yeah. the curb cutout's not there. But there's another another um, another model which is the charity model, which basically um, it sounds great on the surface, like yeah, we're going to be charitable and benevolent and help the people with, with disabilities. But we like to reframe it as actually a justice and civil rights issue, where it's not like you're the the superior able-bodied person who's benevolent and taking pity it's like well no this is just we're on an equal playing field mm. but part of us this civil rights of me as a human to be able to enter into into society well and live my humanity out i just need accommodations you know yeah. and and the world has been set up for a, an able-bodied person so that creates my that heightens my disability but if we can just see we're all equal here mm-hmm. So I need some things to be changed because you're not the default as an able-bodied person. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we think, well. Uh, so uh, default is humanity, not able-bodied. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. default is humanity. Yeah. I, and actually, I'm glad you said that. So when I first entered into the disability conversation, it was confusing because I haven't always been disabled, right? Yeah. So I was, I was disabled at 18. My formative years, I was able-bodied. And I actually avoided the conversation for a while. Wow. You know, there's a lot of sociological reasons for that. And, but when I started entering it, it was, it was confusing to me until, and, and I tried to put in words what was difficult for me. And I came up with like a little phrase to just help me out. And it's this, we have to move disability from being a medical malady to an issue of diversity. Mm, right? That's good. So once we've seen it as an issue of diversity, we say, oh, well, actually this group of people bring something to our community that we're lacking if yeah. we don't have them mm. you see so yeah absolutely so yeah. where do you see because i'm pretty sure like in the journey since 18 of just self-discovery uh self-reflection grief rejoicing etc yeah. you've probably exhausted the scriptures of like you know where see those who are disabled so like what are like the highlight stories or even like old testament laws that you see kind of just 
showing how God's heart has always been for those who are in need to be taken care of. Like what are the uh, to stick okay. out for you? So good. Oh man. I mean, there's a ton of places we could go and I wish I was like a, a disability scholar so I could do this better. Yeah, but it's here, man. You're good. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so for one, when you go to places like Leviticus or some of the old Testament, which I, I love the old Testament, I'm an old Testament guy. We go, I think as we, I think as we understand Torah better, it's just, more glorious um but there's there's laws in torah that can be can seem demeaning for the for the disabled but as you as you move forward and to see how some of those laws actually get played out like in the nation of israel um again like when you had uh, i'm gonna try to remember how to explain this off the top of my head but when you had like disabled people in the city gate it wasn't something that like care for them or care for the poor also it wasn't like care for them was something you could just like take it or leave it based on uh, how am I feeling today? Am I feeling like altruistic today? Am yeah. I going to, am I going to help this person? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't really framed that way. It was like, uh, it was what we would call a civil right for that disabled person or that poor person that you would actually almost, I, I hate to use this word, but almost like be required yeah. to help them. Um, when you bring it into the new Testament though, um, when you look at the, I mean, you look at the ministry of Jesus, you can't really like leave the ministry of Jesus and not think, oh, Jesus, or like you can't think Jesus didn't care for the disabled. Like most of his ministry was to Rejected. broken bodies, yep. right? Yeah. That's you good. know, the outcast, the the poor, but mostly people whose bodies are broken in yeah. some way. And he, he had a ministry of healing. Now, I will say within disability studies and theology, um, the topic of healing is a complex one. Yeah. Because not everybody sees their bodies as a problem or something that needs to be fixed. Wow. Um, actually, I would say most. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know the, the numbers. In your but, experience. But a lot of people, especially like at the conference I was just at, a lot of people, they don't see their bodies as something that's a problem. They see the systems and structures. As something that's a problem. Wow. So, yeah. So the topic of healing gets complex, but Jesus had a ministry of healing. But here's the key part of that. In his day and age, healing a body just wasn't about fixing the person's physical body or curing them. When he would heal somebody, he actually took them from a social position of outcast where they had to be on the margins of society couldn't enter the temple, couldn't, depending on their, on their, on the bodily issue, like they ha may, might even have to be like separate from their family. What he did by healing them wasn't just healing them medically, he's healing them socially and welcoming them back into the community. That's good, bro. Right? So the healing ministry of Jesus is so much more than just a cure and broken bodies. You know, and that's what we do. We think cure, 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 because it's a medical model. It's a social thing. That's good, bro. He's healing. Good. He's healing people's like social standings. That's right? good. So. Man, it's it's crazy. You mentioned like the 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 requirement of of assistance. It makes me think of the scripture in Leviticus that talks about um, when you're growing a tree and it's producing fruit. When a fruit would fall off naturally, it was spiritually illegal for you to pick it up and eat it. Hmm. It was meant for those. I remember that, that one. Okay, needed it. 
oh, those that it needed, the totally. homeless, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the exactly. cleaning laws, essentially. Exactly. Things that when fall off naturally, you weren't supposed to exactly. clean off that. Yeah, yeah. Which goes to show you, it's like God is seeking to take care of. Yes. God is seeking to provide. It's like, hey, even when you don't want to, yeah, I'm going to. And it's not a it's not a matter of are, do you feel like leaving that behind because you're a benevolent and good person. It's a it's a civil right. Yeah, you know, and yeah. that's you that's know good. that's our term. But you know, if we were to read it, that's that's what it is. Man, so I, I've never I've never even correlated um, the will be I guess the community of this disabled or the broken to civil rights. I never mm-hmm. even thought of it in that in that in the yeah. structure model. Yeah, yeah. So you talk about um healing and i know that your story is one complex with <laughs> that specific topic because yeah. i remember when we were at the conference and you spoke man it, it was it was so powerful man because you you mentioned how when you were 18 you were gung ho about all right let me get the oils let me have this praying grandmother talk yeah. to me let me you know um essentially do all the work so yeah. i can receive the healing yeah so so what did what was that journey like especially coming to a place of not so much receiving the healing that you expected yeah totally and complex is a good word for that that journey yeah. and that switch for me yeah so just to give people the backstory. I, was, I, I did a terrible job of backstory. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I realized I was like, I should have done that at the front end. No, nah, man. No, you're we good. Go. You're okay. good. You're good. We're, we're into it now. So we've had our coffee a little bit. So, yeah. So to give the backstory just a little bit more, um, I was 18 when I had the diving accident, broke my neck, uh, became paralyzed, all of that. But prior to that, like a year and a half before this happened, I had this spiritual awakening that... I can't put into words. It was so profound. I mean, seeing prayers get answered that one I prayed for for years, but watching miracles happen, just seeing God do crazy things. Um, But not just like seeing God do things externally, like sensing the presence of God in ways I had never. Um, And the way that happened was through the influence of this uh, family that I'd met that was just on fire for Jesus like I'd never seen anybody. Um, and then I, I'd learned so much. Um, yeah, just just so many things. And that was God in so many ways preparing me and my family for what we were going to go through. Right? Wow. But this spiritual awakening also happened in the context, not entirely, entirely, but also happened in the context of what's been called the um, prosperity gospel or the word of faith movement or the um, faith healing movement. Name which, it and claim it. Name it and claim it. Yeah, which for, for those who don't know, I, I most probably know. But it's this view that it's always God's will for you to be healed if something's wrong with your body or if you're sick. But also wants you to like have health and prosperity and um, always blessing all the time. And if there's not, then there's some kind of deficiency in your faith. You know, something's off there. Um, and, I, you know, I think there is, like, God is a, a good God of blessing, mm. you know. Um, but I think there's some, just some stuff off with that. Um, but when I had my injury, I was, like, big in that. Like, I, I, could, I could teach it. 
you know, and I did like I wanted, I felt a call to ministry and that's what I wanted to teach. You yeah. know? So when I had this injury, which crazy God story, God did incredible things um, with it. But when I had this injury, that's the first thing I went to, you know, wow. even as soon as I came out of the water, I was quoting healing scriptures just because I was like, something's wrong, you know, and so went to God directly for that. Um, and I pressed in like me and my whole family did. I was praying the prayers. I was uh, listening to the teaching, the, the tapes on healing. I was quoting the Bible verses. And I, you can't tell me like the answer would be, well, you just really didn't have the faith or you gave up. You can't tell me I didn't have the faith because I know how, how much my faith was getting me through the hard moments. Like my confidence in God was going to heal me right then or, or very soon was actually getting me through the hardest thing I've ever had to go through, oh. you know, and, and, and also like the presence of God and the goodness of God, but like the confidence in the healing wow. was so strong. So you can't tell me that the, the faith wasn't strong enough. I, I mean, you can tell me that you're just going to be wrong just to say it. Um, but eventually you keep doing that for so long. And I mean, one or two things are going to happen. I mean, God could just be gracious and do a miracle, which I think he does, by the way, I believe in that. Um, or you have a crisis of faith, right? You just hit a wall. Like I've been doing this forever long. What, what's going on, God? Or God intervenes and begins to change your perspective on healing, change your perspective on suffering and redirect your faith. And that's what he did. Um, you know, some people would say, well, Cameron, you lost faith for healing. And I would say, I never lost faith for healing. My faith got redirected to a stronger anchor. Like the faith never went down. Wow. It just got like directed somewhere else. And it was a slow process. Um, but basically what God did, I ended up in a, uh, a, a Monday night Bible study in this guy's house who's a local pastor, still one of my closest friends. And they just started talking about the role of suffering and the nature of the present age and how in the time period we're in right now, God just doesn't heal all the time. And, and that's hard and that's really difficult because there's people that go through really, really hard things. Yeah. I don't, don't want to diminish that. But for me, I just, I began to see a, a beautiful picture of the fact that right now is a, an age that's shaped like the cross, but there's a, a time at the return of Jesus when the glory comes. Wow. And not everyone gets healed now. And again, that's, that's, that's tough. Um, disease is tough. Poverty is tough. Um, ableism and racism and classism is tough. Okay, there, there's hard things. It's not always getting overturned right now. But we can actually persevere through that if we have a hope in the future that is so set and so anchoring. And the hope is that Jesus will actually split the, split the skies. He will actually come back. Mm. And he'll restore bodies and he'll erase poverty and he'll fix systems and structures that are oppressive. And that's what he's going to do. And I, I went through that journey and it captivated my heart probably more than the healing did, honestly. So, Man, as, as I'm hearing you talk, bro, I think that uh, you correlating disability with brokenness and not making it something so distinct it makes me then think of how everyone shares in brokenness we were talking earlier about like mental health issues yeah, you know, totally. people deal with things that are broken inside of their mind mm -hmm. 
Some people deal with things that are broken inside of their heart. And God bless if there's deliverance in that. But also, blessed be to God if if that's something that's like a thorn in your flesh that you're now allowing God to use as something of ministry to relate to others, to encourage others, or even keep you humble. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's like, man, it's it's, it's so yeah. crazy to think, man. Like as as I'm as I'm like even imaging Jacob walking around, you know, being the image of Israel, his name being Israel at this point, and he's broken. God God gave him a disability, right? Is it, have you ever thought about that? I'm like, thinking about that. Yeah, like, God gave Jacob a disability as part of like glory and covenant and. And all the things. Yeah. 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 Beautiful and, example. I'm and, glad you and, brought and, that up. And, and you're, man, I almost imagine, I'm, I'm even picturing, you know, not that we have like a, a explicit example, but even the beauty of someone who would be defined in this culture as physically broken, going out and actually performing healings, Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the yeah. broken. Right. And it's like, it's like, man, it's kind of interesting. It's like, it's like, man, like, yeah. I don't define myself broken like you do, mm. you know, and, and I've never even, you know, grasped that concept. So I know you said that you, you have friends or associates who, who think like that. Could you lean in, in more on just the concept of like the way that you would define this? I don't even define myself as broken. Like, what does that, what does that mean? Yeah. So for, just to say, everybody's going to kind of approach this differently. Yeah. Um, there, it kind of goes back to the diversity side where, actually, this is, this is probably a good example. Um, let's say in the new creation, Jesus comes back. Um, when, we're, when we're in the medical mindset, we automatically think that all disabilities are erased. And, you know, autism's gone, wheelchairs are gone, all the things. Um, personally, and again, th- there's people who, aren't going to line up with this. I think that I will be given a restored body and will be walking again in new creation. Um, but there's people who, who don't hold to that. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. That's, that's the reaction I get a lot. Um, that because uh, they don't see anything necessarily wrong with their disability, it's just a different type of body, hmm. right? It's not a better body or a worse body. Like it, being, being uh, able-bodied isn't the goal. It's kind of how they would say it. Um, they believe that in new creation, no disabilities are, are still a thing. Like they see heaven and new creation as a place that's totally accessible to all people, right? It, totally which accessible. I think is beautiful, that's just to say. I think yeah. that's beautiful. That's, that's awesome. I, I, don't, I don't fully hold to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, get it's this. poetic. <laughs> think about this, though, Street. A person who's on the spectrum, autism spectrum, what would... How would you even know that person if you took away their disability? Mm. Because it's there's all of their personality, everything about them. I mean, the way they relate to the world, the way they relate to people is totally through their. I mean, the the type of brain that they have. Yeah, you know. So if you go into new creation, you took that type of brain away and gave them a quote normal brain. Would they would they be the same person? And that's where I'm like, I. You're making me think, man. I don't know. So, that, so I, 
It's just coffee in here, man. It's just, know, it's man. just coffee. <laughs> getting trippy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's, 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 it's kind of funny. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't, I don't mean to mention the, the great late scholar Kanye, but um, he literally talks about him having bipolar as a superpower. He's like, man, this is my superpower. And I was like, it's, it's so weird. Yeah. But as I even have found out through therapy, you know, um, I've been essentially diagnosed with ADHD. You know, now mind you, before I knew I had ADHD, everyone knew I had ADHD. <laughs> you know, I'm the guy who sure. I'm gonna make three trips because I I forgot my keys. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm in my car, like, what do I need to start this? Again? You forgot the board <laughs> earlier. Yeah. Okay. For those who <laughs> don't, for yeah, those who don't know. <laughs> We started an hour and a half late because Street forgot the soundboard. Forgot the soundboard. The most the, important part. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's another day, man. I'm calling, yeah. calling Pat, like, hey, bro, <laughs> bail your boy out. <laughs> but like, that's 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 literally me on average. Yeah. And it's crazy because the way that it's been described to me is that what would be the normal way to go about things is. You're able to focus in certain ways that help you understand mm. multiple things. But my mind, I'll focus, get distracted. Now that's my focus. Mm. Like I'm going hard in that. Like it's, it's nothing else. So like now that. Okay, but now that. And now I'm, yeah. which allows me to be so diverse and which allows yeah. me to make connections in things that people don't make connections in yeah. and like talk about things in abstract ways. I love the way my mind mm. works most of the time. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's those times when I have to relate to individuals. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's slow down here. I'm, I'm, I'm better with the general public. Yeah. Individuals gets a little tougher because you, know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I got you. I compartmentalize. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But yeah, it's it's just so dope to even like just come to the to a mindset of even understanding like, man, what you're even calling my quote unquote disability, whether right. that's mental, whether that's physical, yeah, yeah. is that not essentially how God has shaped me to be how I am. Yeah. And is totally. that something that totally. not so much will be redeemed, not so much will be stripped away, not, but it's like, I'd like to keep this part of me essentially. You know, that's it. I've, I've never thought yeah. about that. Yeah. So a lot of like cerebral palsy, um, Asperger's people on the spectrum would say something similar. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's most. It might be, but yeah. a lot would yeah. certainly because, like, who gets to define normal? You know, or Indeed. you know, and and honestly, especially in a place where you know you have these wing creatures with eight different types yeah. of animal heads. Yeah, on. read ex read Ezekiel. Yeah, like, what's normal, normal, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and honestly, the audience is probably already picking up on it, but there's a lot of correlation between like the race conversation yeah. and these types of conversations. And I think we can learn a lot from each other. That's good. Like the way we've, you know, dealt with racism. I think ableism has, you know, there's a lot to learn going both directions. Yeah. You know? so. Man, I, so it's interesting, man. Um, we I, I kind of touched on this when I did my spoken word piece at the Exiles in Babylon conference. Shout out to... Preston Sprinkle, Preston. The, the big homie. So he asked me to do a, a, a spoken word on diversity and um, a diversity and disability, disability and diversity, essentially. And so to my understanding, 
9.999999 times out of 10, I'm getting calls to speak at a conference, talk, have these meetings, you know, have these talks about racial reconciliation, about diversity. Mm-hmm. And every time I have these talks, it's black and white. Mm-hmm. Not black and white in the concept of like, hey, it's just going to be black and white, but it's like literally black yeah. people, white people. And never do we include Latinos. Never do we include, you know what I'm saying, Asians. Yeah. Never do we. And we talk about this, you know, this multitude of people in, yeah. in heaven, you know, and, and never have I ever even included or have we even have the thought to include what we would define the broken, or the disabled. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think it is pretty uh, important that we do emphasize, at least in certain facets, where, you know, we have to start, obviously, the race issue is something that you know I'm passionate about. Yeah, it's just it's essentially it's just justice. Yeah, right. And and there's a reason why that conversation has to happen. Has to happen. Has to continue to happen. Totally. You know what I'm saying cut yeah. the check. Um, but but along with that, should we limit justice? Yeah, because like justice to some is an injustice. Mm-hmm. And so, what does it look like, or what are healthy ways you've seen people approach? Being able to talk about justice and diversity while also doing their best not to make others feel left out. Oh, wow. Let me think through this. State, state your question again, maybe a different way. How about what are yeah. ways we can include more diversity in diversity conversations? So this, I, this might not be answering your question, You're but good. it might. It might, it might though. So a lot of times when, well, and I'm focusing in on disability again, you may be talking more broadly, but uh, focusing in on disability. So a lot of times when justice is trying to be met for people with with disabilities, a lot of times the person isn't at the table in the conversation about disability when we're trying to create laws and justice for the disabled. So much so that a phrase has developed within the disability community called that's um, nothing about us without us. Wow. In other words, if you're going to try and have justice for us, if you're going to try and be more diverse and figure out how your systems and structures can be more diverse, include us in the conversation <laughs> and you'll do better because we know we've, we've been there. You know, so I think I think if we like balloon that out, expand that out to the to every minority group that is needing justice around the world, have the person at the table there in leadership and helping you make or maybe they're not the head leader for whatever reason. No, leadership. But yeah, or yeah, (laughs) but it's fun, bro. I'm I'm hearing you say this. We have these same conversations. Yeah, racially, exactly. We we went to a predominantly white institution. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like uh, Dallas Baptist University, and how many race conversations or race panels did we see? And it wasn't. They get the one exactly. (laughs) Y'all, you want to say? Yeah, it's like tokenizing. That's the word. Token. They get the one token. It's like. Man, he don't even represent us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let them lead the way. Let them make the decisions. Yeah. I don't know what they're complaining about. I, I, I don't. I'm not experiencing what you're experiencing. And I'm just like, man, get him off the stage, man. 
But yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 int- man, it's it's crazy even hearing that. So are y'all also kind of involved in the DEI diversity, equity, inclusion conversation? Or is that something completely separate and it's like y'all don't even like touch it? So because conceptually it kind of seems like it aligns. So just different. We might be, I just want to make sure I understand the terms. Yeah. What is so explain what that is again, just so I'm so yeah, DEI same- essentially um is almost a um a system that was designed for colleges to where those who were diverse had intentionality in receiving equity, like like oh. where you be left out. There's systems involved to make this accommodate to where it's like, hey, you don't have any black hires, but you have black attendees. You need to have black hires. So mm-hmm. DEI is helping you allow you to get into these things like this. Um, I actually don't know. The, okay. I don't think someone out there Correct me. Fact check me. I don't think what you just explained there would happen for a disabled person. Mm. There are, of course, diversity laws or whatever those are called, where or discrimination laws. Yeah, yeah. Where you can't discriminate based on you know sex, class, or ge- sex, class, gender, ability. Uh, I mean, if you, if you physically can't do the job, that would be a different story. Yeah. But there's no. So there's the discrimination laws. But I don't know if there's anything like. So, so with that, yeah, though, um, I know one of the big conversations right now and conceptually, I get it. I mm-hmm. understand it. It's the equal opportunity versus equal outcome. Mm. You know, um, yeah. I heard a pretty brilliant Ph.D. guy. His name's Jordan Peterson. He talks about that a lot. Yeah. And, you know, people people talk about it. And I, I understand the concept. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. everyone's on equal playing field. Compete. Yeah. You know, but it's. It comes with the assumption that everyone's on equal playing field. Yeah. And the tough part is, is that although I get the concept and I'm not opposed to it, I don't think that that is completely a biblical approach. Yeah. And I say that because, and I mentioned this in my poem too, if you think of the parable of the workers, you have people that showed up on time, you have people that showed up late. If people show up on CP time, and then people showed up right when it, it's like, and, but by the end, the master paid them all the same. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's equality of outcome. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's not opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so what that goes to show me is if we're really talking about involving someone into the quote unquote workforce, mm-hmm. that would even mean because of my disability, you're not just inviting me at the table mm-hmm. you're placing me at the same position mm-hmm. in other words like yo i'm actually receiving the same outcome even though i'm not giving the same output mm-hmm. yeah. yeah which would really show that you care about equality mm-hmm. and that's something i i do not see yeah and you know why that that doesn't happen is because we are all about i mean it's it's capitalism we have to pump out production, 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 production. And the problem is, is that we can't produce as much sometimes. Mm. Now, sometimes we can produce as much or more. Yeah. You know, especially when we're like using our minds. Yeah. You know, but sometimes we can't. 
Um, another reason why that doesn't happen is because if we're going to have like equal opportunity, I have to have accommodations made for me. Exactly. You know, that might cost your institution some money, mm. you know, but, and when we're all about like the, the bottom line, producing the product, you know, like, uh, getting as many Fords off the line as possible, then we, we cut costs. We don't. We don't look after the 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 broken person or the person. You know, it's all about producing, producing, producing. So production capitalism, which I, this is not a, I'm not the person to give a judgment statement on capitalism. I'm just saying this is what's been produced. Yeah. So we have to be aware of it. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of times been, it's changed the way we think about people because we're more about product production and the bottom dollar. Um, but th this is something that this kind of brings me if I if I can take it not a different direction, but kind of a, a sub point under this disabled people a lot of times were, were seen as good for our inspirational story of overcoming. And, and that's that's what people want to hear. Hmm. You know, you have a story of overcoming. I, I remember when I first like entered into ministry with my story, you know, I had so many like. I mean, I'm going to use the word ableist assumptions that that's all I really knew how to minister out of. Wow. And, and I still do that because I think it's good. Somebody reframed the word from inspirational because there's like this inspirational porn thing that you want to be careful of. Like yes. we're just making inspirational porn. They, they changed the word from inspiration to motivation. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's good. We can use what we've been through to motivate people in, you know, godliness or whatever the thing is. Um, but I, I didn't really know how to function other than that. I thought that's what my story was. It was a story mm. of inspiration. But it's so much more than that. Yeah. Um, but here, here's the thing. Not every disabled person is just going to be able to overcome. Mm. What if they don't? What if they're not a story of triumph and overcoming and, you know, they, they became successful and inspirational despite their, their circumstances? Are they still, are they still an equal person in our society, and do we still love them as much? Are they still, you know, are they still great? Are we still going to have them at our at our conference and at mm. our church and on our leadership? Or are we still going to respect them? Well, I mean, they didn't. They're not really a story of overcoming. You know, the American dream. We 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 overcome. We did it. Well, some people can't. Some people can't overcome. You know. Yeah. And so yeah, it goes back like it. Well, I think it goes somewhat back to that equal opportunity equal outcome but and but bro yeah. it's, it's it's really one of those things where we look at do you truly believe god can use you in the storm mm. it, it makes me kind of go with uh elijah's story like this is him after performing such an Im immaculate miracle right it's it's he has the ability to stop the rain. Mm -hmm. He's known by all the nations. And like, probably to the point where people fear him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know I would. It's like, like he just killed. Challenged all people. the prophets. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, totally. it's like, hey, your, your, your prophets, on the, your, your guy's on the toilet. All right. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm going to call some fire down in heaven. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? And then right after that, he is called to isolation. And he's called to drink from a dried up brook because there's no rain. And it's, it's one of those things, you recognize the same thing that he had called judgment upon his own people mm. with lack of rain would be the same thing that he would have to experience at that brook. 
because it began to yep. dry up. Yep. And so he had to suffer even with his own people mm -hmm. through a prophecy and judgment that he called upon his people. Yeah, that's good. He wasn't immune to it. And it got to the point he was almost wishing death upon him. Almost, he wished death upon himself. Yeah. He's one of the ones who is, is involved in one of those quote-unquote suicide stories, you know, with yeah. Jonah. And, and it's, like, it's like, man, like struggling with like, man, God, I, I yeah. just want to go. Like, get me out of here. And in that moment, we preach and do sermons on that moment. Yeah, sure. We don't, we don't, like, what if we actually seen it end in that moment, kind of like Jonah's story, and there's no triumph? Yeah. Do we still not preach from the book of Jonah? Yeah, right. We still preach from the book of Jonah because we're seeing God's mercy. Exactly. Even still in the midst of this. Yeah. And one of the one of my favorite examples of that, like in the modern day, is um Shia LaBeouf. Like I don't know if you've seen him recently. I haven't. What's the Oh my gosh. It's watch his most recent interview he had. Okay. Um it's a podcast, it's about two, three hours long, but bro, it's it's gonna be the smoothest two or three hours you've ever seen in your life. Wow. And you will see somebody who is completely broken spirit, contrite heart, and humble. Mm. Like after his wife aired him out for being physically abusive you know um he lost everything he just talked about how there was no more wiggle room there wasn't any more well let me just get one more lie and just twist it to them in my favor he said I, I i ran out everything was exposed and i had to sit there and deal with myself yeah. he started going through aa he started repenting of the fact that he did a whole movie called honey boy that he aired his own father out and he's like that wasn't even true about my father a lot, oh, about, a lot about a lot of those details. Dad was abusive. My dad was abusive. And then he ended up bringing his father in there. And it's like seeing how he speaks about himself, I, I see it. He talks about the love of God. Mm. And I see it because the details he doesn't withhold from the story. Mm -hmm. He's like, I got nothing to hide. He's saying things that the, the media didn't even know about. He's like, oh, I did this to this person. I did this to this person. Yeah. That person still doesn't forget. But I still had to make, you know what I'm saying, amends the best I could. And it, it just makes me go, it just kind of goes and realizing, like, makes me own, even, even a self-reflection for myself and other people. It's like, man, God will still use you even in your lowest. Mm -hmm. Even at your lowest. Bro, after denying Jesus three times, Peter meets Jesus after the resurrection. And Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? Yeah. And what was the follow-up phrase? Jesus says, you love me? Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. Tend my sheep. Yeah. Tend my sheep. Yep. And to me, that's just saying, I know you're at the lowest point in your life right now. But while you're down there, take care of my sheep. Yeah. Because now you'll be able to understand yeah. and empathize better than you ever have in your life. Yeah. Because that's where they're at. Mm. So, so go stay low, yeah. Because there's work that needs to be done low, yeah. Totally. You know what I'm saying? So, it's it's just beautiful to hear, you know, how God still desires to use us, despite having a triumphant, overcoming story, or last hurrah like Samson, where we're bringing the house down. Totally. You know, sometimes that doesn't happen, but yeah. it's still gonna be a sermon. Yeah. You know, I I love this. This goes back to I think we. I think we talked about suffering a little bit earlier and I, I 
sometimes suffering gets equated with disability inappropriately mm. but there there are there are times of suffering that we all experience yeah and certainly people with disabilities experience it more i think suffering does maybe it does more but there's two primary things i think the first is maybe this is the second but i'll start with it first it's the first corinthians sorry second corinthians chapter one thing which is what you're just hitting on you, we go through hard things and suffering so that we can turn around and comfort those who have suffered with the same sufferings that we ourselves have been comforted by god through however that's stated you good in other words you went through something hard god got you through it and comforted you now you get to turn around and use that to minister to somebody else yeah so that's the that's probably the the second step actually the first step that's ongoing really is it's producing something in you yeah you know now elijah after that story he was never the same yeah. right i mean <laughs> it's, it might not be written down maybe it is but i guarantee you like at his lowest or jonah hopefully figured it out but at the at the lowest point that that changed him you know james says consider it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds because it's producing something endurance in you, you know and so yeah man like just a story of like triumph those are great and a lot of times those glorify god what about the story that just like man this person is just like gone through it and it didn't always turn out but they're trusting god through it yeah they're still loving the people around them they're gonna have they're gonna like get angry sometimes and vent because they're human yeah like we need to say that if you need to vent yeah yeah but something is being worked in them and that's that's what god has and I, th I think it's important to view the humanity of who we call our biblical heroes as well yeah you know um we can quote ecclesiastes all we want and how solomon was the wisest person of all but if we look about how his story literally ends in the bible yeah he'd be canceled he'd be by canceled. most people's standards right david now. would be canceled oh david yeah. would be, would be, oh my oh, gosh. gosh and he was still king too yeah imagine that you know what i'm yeah. saying like imagine being a king who's mm -hmm. ousted for sleeping with his friend's wife and then having the baby die and then also being a murderer, murderer. yep you know like yeah. everything about that story was he's supposed to be dead and the only reason why we can't touch him and we can't get our vengeance is because God said he's cleared. Yeah. Nathan was like, oh, yeah, you're good. God said you're good. Yeah. That's the text the actually says why. David is forgiven. He's forgiven. What? You know why? Because he humbled himself <laughs> and cast himself on God. And God's like, I like humility. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I, I'm going to show mercy and whom I show mm -hmm. mercy and show compassion and I show compassion. Yeah. But the, the crazy part about it was, God would have been completely just as well if he murked David on the spot. Could have, yeah. So yeah. it's it's one of those things where if that's how David's story would have ended, mm -hmm. God still would have gotten the glory. Yeah. Because he would have shown he's still a just God and he cares about justice. Mm -hmm. But he also, in the midst of that, is still a merciful and gracious God. He cares about mercy and grace. Yeah, totally. He just shows a loving nature. So yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those self-reflecting things that, it makes me want to emphasize as I preach, as I evangelize, do so with a mindset that is kingdom and not cultural. Mm. Because if, if I preach a, totally. a cultural message, right. 
it's it's gonna be able to relate to who I want to relate to. Yeah. If I preach a kingdom message, it relates to everyone. Yeah. And that's what you saw Jesus doing. He, he he preached a message that he could preach that same message anywhere and it's the same because it's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And those kingdom principles are irrespective of your social class, yeah. of your economic status, of your race, of your mm-hmm. it's of culture. It's it's gonna hit everywhere. Yeah. And so it just makes me think, like, man, like, like, do I often develop my messages and sermons and and evangelize with a certain culture in mind? Not not that that's wrong, but am I able to distinguish which messages are kingdom yeah. and which messages are cultural? Yeah, totally. Because like this even goes back to some of our earlier conversations, like like race and, and justice. You know, there's some messages that are very like everybody wants to hear them right now but you know 10 years down down the road they may not be talked about as much but there's parts that run through all of those that are gonna be truths and ethics and morals that are universal and across time that are always going to speak to every situation. Yeah. You know, and I think if we can lean into those things, you're right. I, I think one, I think justice will actually happen. Like I said this at the disabilities conference, but, or at the, uh, exiles, exiles. in Babylon yeah. conference, despite all of the critiques that I would have for the church and, and stuff, um, I would not want to be in any other group than among the body of Christ and in the church, because we have a model, for doing this, yeah, you know, good. where does where does the idea of justice come into the world? Yeah, you know, it's the the biblical scriptures. Amen. Like, come on, do a word study of justice in the Bible. Indeed. Holy cow! Indeed, you know. So, hey man, this has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, man. bro. <laughs> um, I just want to I just want to encourage you, man. You're you're an amazing speaker. Thank you. Like, dude. You're an amazing speaker and a great orator, and I can't wait to see how God is going to continue to use you in that. Um, expanding, you know, not just platform, but just the amount of feet you'll be able to wash. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So street. can't wait to see that happen, man. Um, tell the people how we can keep in touch with you, follow you, and support you currently. Yeah, totally, totally. So I spent like a decade off of social media. Um, <laughs> so I'm like behind the times on that. That's the uh, most important. Yeah. Last 10 years are the most important time. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? So... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, but no, I have a Facebook. Um, I rarely post, but Cameron Horner Ministries is kind of the tagline. Indeed. Um, so Cameron Horner Ministries on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Frankly, I think that the uh, platform is the message. So I don't try to like come up with a bunch of spiritual stuff to put on Instagram. I, I'll come up with something sometimes, but it's like if, I, if it's super short, like I got more, more to say than that. Yeah. So you can follow me, but. Um, yeah, no, I'm not putting a ton out there, but I, I do have a website. I um, mean, it's it's the same way. It's, it's Cameron got, Horner. Cameron Horner Ministries. Ministries. org, not .com. Indeed. Um, it's got my story, um, um, con- a little bit of content, but mainly it's just kind of a way to connect with people. Um, people connect with me. So, yeah, that's kind of me. I'm, I'm out there on that tagline. So, Cameron Horner Ministries. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, it's another episode of Black Men Do Talk. We have overdue conversations from black man's perspective y'all be blessed went for a y'all walk a today great, great, that's great not all what i do that often because i often pray yo deep in this go presence, out there I often lay love on the all people i'm all just playing amidst all the dismay and all the fake justice mercy grace let's get it, it. Yes, sir it's all the same.
So what does it mean Ooh. when you want to stray and run away, but you only stay because he called your name?